is so honored uh, when I get an opportunity to speak in this house. It's such a awesome place. The worship and all of the testimonies and what you just heard right now, it, it just speaks to my heart. I'm always, I can't even believe that I get the opportunity to speak into this house. So it's really a blessing. I want to talk to you uh, today for a few minutes about the unsearchable God. The unsearchable God. His ways of past finding out. Yeah. And it always happens that when we're in the darkest place where we can't see, when we realize how unsearchable he is. But this unsearchable God is inviting you today to know him. He's inviting you to look at things in a different way. He wants you to understand that we begin, the beginning is when we search the scripture. For in them, we think that we have life, eternal life, but Jesus said, they testify of me, and you're not willing to come to him. In order to understand this unsearchable God, you have to begin in the scripture. But as Jesus told in the Gospels, that sometimes you don't understand what Jesus is talking about. And you need some private time. It would be those that were hungry that would go away with him in a, a quiet place, and he would begin to explain things to you. If you're like me, and you're honest, you, sometimes the scripture leave you with more questions than answers. Now, I know uh, you don't want to say it, but I just said it. <laughs> and, and you need to know that he, he is, he, he, you, you just have to, you can't just read a verse of scripture and think that you know, because you'll be left behind. God is bringing you into a place where you have to be, stay present with him in every moment, wow. every moment, so that he can teach you. Do you know that he's still writing on your heart? You are living epistles that God is still writing about a relationship with you. Yes, we understand. And I'm going to talk just a little bit about commanding figures in the Bible like Job or, uh, and, and, and prophets like Jonah. That they are written, they are forever in this place. But do you know that your personal life is written on your heart? And that our heart is so, it's more... Uh, left to the imagination of who we are. You think God is unsearchable? You are too. That it's more to you than meets the eye. There's a depth in you and God is it, he's giving you the Holy Spirit to even search out the deep things that are, are of God and the deep things that are about you. And so I've been really, really allowing God to take me deeper, take me higher. Because there are certain things that, you know, it, it, it gets confusing, confusing to us when we, for instance, when you re read about Job 
and I've been reading about Job and Jonah and some other things that just cause me to just wonder, what is God doing? It's not so clear. Like Job didn't know God was having a, uh, in a backdrop a conversation with the devil about him. And that his day of trouble was getting ready to come and he had done absolutely nothing wrong. Actually, it was what he did right. God said, I have no one else like him. That he would be good, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he would be, he's righteous and he's upright. And then we see that he's going through a difficult season. And then I go over and God leads me to read about Jonah, a rebellious prophet, an unusual guy. I mean, he, God gives him clear instructions, tell him to go to Nineveh and preach. And you know, Nineveh, I, I'm told, is, was northeast and Jonah went west. And paid his way, went down to Joppa, caught a ship, paid his way, and all the while telling everybody who would listen that he was running from the presence of God. What an unusual guy. That, 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 and, and how God related to him and how he related to Job. I mean, rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, God. You got to deal with this. And God is so patient with this man. I said, God, I don't understand you. I don't understand because, you know, we, there are certain things that we can't tolerate. And, and, and that's, how, that's how Jonah was. He was one of those prophets that knew God. He knew. He didn't even want to go because he didn't like the people that God was sending him to. And he knew God would be gracious. Yeah. He knew God as a forgiving God. But he didn't want God to forgive anybody else. It's like Peter having the gospel and God is opening up a new way and to the Gentiles. And he said, I don't think I can do that. You know, I've never, it's not even permitted for us to come into your house to talk to you. But God was allowing things to change. And you know what? Peter was right. And Jonah was right in the sense that God doesn't like sin, but he likes the sinner. And when we struggle with moving with God, when he tells you to do something and you don't want to do it, and you think that you know better than God, I'm, Peter, on many occasions, told God how good he was. And even when Jesus would tell him the truth about himself, he would correct Jesus. Have you ever correct Jesus when he told you the truth about yourself? You know, Jesus told Peter, says, Satan has asked for you. He has asked for you. And the Jesus that I know and I've got imagined in my mind he would have said, you can't have him. But he simply just said, I'm praying for you that your faith wouldn't fail you. And, and Peter is looking, but 
Peter is so full of himself until the Lord told him that before the rooster crows, you would have denied me three times. And Peter had said, you know what? The rest of the people might do that. The rest of your disciples may do it, but I'm willing to die. I'm willing to go to prison and to die. That's how we correct Jesus. Unsearchable God that know you. Because Psalm 139 said he has searched you. So if he says something to you, he knows. And, and, and it's, it's, it wasn't the fact that Peter didn't know and he, he was so confident. It was when Peter did exactly what he said he would do and was in tears, weeping. Why do God allow us to be broken like that? We think that we would follow Jesus wherever he goes. We, we are so sure you know, I, I, I'm like Job at times. The very thing that I fear, God would allow me, allow to happen to me. Why does he do that? Because if he allow it to happen to you once, you'll find out that you can live through it. And then he allow you to, ha it ha to happen to you again, and you, it doesn't, you, you're not afraid of it anymore. But I don't like the way God does things. I'm thinking about the Hebrew boys that they told, hey, look, if you, when, when the music started to play, you bow before this, this idol. And they said, we're not going to bow no matter what. They were just like I would have been, speaking faith and believing God. But you know the difference between me and them? I would have thought that God wasn't going to let me go into that furnace no matter what. I would have, to the last minute, I would have said, he's going to come in a few minutes. I can be bold. I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to bow. I, I'm not going to bow. But when they bound them up and threw them in, I would have been the most surprised person. <laughs> because the way we think, because we don't know him, is that he doesn't do things like that. He always He's just like me. He, he, he wants me to avoid pain at all costs. He wants me, oh, oh yeah, it's okay to go around it and take the long way. No, no, no. He told me at the beginning of the year, we're going through the pain. We're going through. It's the shortest distance to your destiny. But it, it's these things that are so conflicting to me. Why does he bear along with a rebellious prophet and someone that's doing really, really everything that God has called him to do, he allowed the devil to do what the devil does. And then we have Job's friends that come around and they are talking about Job. They wait seven days. They are just amazed at what Job is going through. And then... They pull the word of God and they use it against Job. They say, Job, if you were righteous, God would not bring you through this kind of thing. There must be something wrong with you. Now keep in mind, God has said he was righteous. Yeah. Just like he said that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that when I look at you on the outward, 
you may not look very righteous. But this unsearchable God, he calls things that are not as if they were. And he tells it when, when uh, they were asking questions about it, Job was confused. He simply tells them that I am the creator. No, he says it like this. Where were you when I was? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, come on. Stan, you want to talk to me face to face, eye to eye? God told him that I created all of this. And I can do whatever I want. You've you got to understand God. He is not worried when you are worried. Every time I, I come to him sometimes, I'm just going to tell on myself. I come to God and I, I'm, I'm, I'm like Peter and, and the rest of them. Don't you care that we are perishing? You know, you've never done that. <laughs> Don't you care that, that nobody liked me? That they're talking about me? That they're hurting me? Don't you care that I'm going through this difficult time and I can't see or make any sense of my life? Don't you care? And you know what? To be honest with you, God is not moved. I've never seen him say, oh, what are we going to do now? Oh, my goodness, I didn't think about this. <laughs> no. I'm finding out about the providence of God. That, that, that essentially means foresight, that, that God looks ahead and he provides for every season of your life. When you're going through a difficult season, you know what? He'll prepare for it. We asked, Joe, um, we asked Jonah. He's running from God, disobedient. He gets into a place where um, he tells the people on the ship to throw him overboard. Because all of that was happening. The ship was almost to be destroyed because of him. And do you know that God had prepared for that rebellious prophet? Uh, the Bible said he prepared a great fish that came and rescued Job, I mean Jonah, out of the sea. Let me just let that rest for just a moment. This is a rebellious prophet. He's running away from the presence of God, telling everybody that he's running away from the presence of God, that he doesn't want to do what God has called him to do. And the reason he said later on is that I knew you were going to be merciful. Now, wait a minute. He received deliverance by a great fish who takes him down, and at that moment he comes to his senses and he starts to pray. You ever been that way where you know your only hope was to pray? But Jonah knows God, and all along as you read it, he's saying what a mess he's in, but he's saying, God will deliver me. That's a prophet. You've got to speak like that. And he knew God, and God brings him all the way to the end of himself. But I'm going to skip just a little bit. As soon as God speaks to the, the great fish and tells him to vomit him up on the ground, 
I have to say this, that even in your rebellion, God knows how to get you to the place where he sent you. I'm going to say it over here. Even in your rebellion, you say, oh, yes, Nineveh is northeast, I'm going west. That God will bring you to a place, and then he'll come and he'll say, uh, how about going to Nineveh? Say, I believe I will, God. I, 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 I'm convinced that I should go. But how about a man that knows how to plead for mercy for himself, but gets fighting mad when God shows grace to someone else? How about someone that uses the scripture to beat down someone that looks like they might have been in sin or did something wrong? like Job's friend. Could I say it again? God said he was righteous. Just like he says, you are his righteousness. And you know what? At that moment, I said, I better be careful how I speak about my brothers. Even if I have several friends that can co-sign and say, you know what? They must be in sin better be careful because righteousness is not that outward thing, it's an inward thing it's in the heart and when we have the Holy Spirit in our heart, then we have this righteousness that God is looking for because the Holy Spirit even searches the deep things of God and will make you understand what you did not understand Peter didn't want to go to the Gentiles and God let a big uh, sheet of paper come down and in the end told him, don't you dare call what I've cleansed common or unclean. It's hard because it was in the scripture that they weren't supposed to be with Gentiles. They weren't supposed to eat with them. Just like it's in the scripture, we're not supposed to eat with sinners that in the body of Christ. So many people, when you fall, they step away from you. Not reading the other part that says he who is spiritual know how to restore. It's so many things that go on, especially when you're in a dark season. And when you're in a dark season, you can't see anything but you and your pain and your suffering. And that's all you talk to God about. God save me. Even though I was running from your presence because I didn't want to do what you wanted me to do at that moment. Even though I disqualified myself because I said I'm not righteous, I'm not, I have done all kinds of wrong things, bad things. And I hope that you understand that I'm saying more than you are hearing, and you may be hearing more than I'm saying. See, sometimes we twist everything around and we start to go back into our own biases like Jonah. We don't like them. God, I don't want you to like them. God, I want you to hate the people I hate. I want you to punish those people because they are no good, God. And you sending me, the, yeah, I, I'll say it. I'll say it with power. Yet 40 days and then it will be overthrown. How you like a prophet like that? 
How you like Jonah, who was an Old Testament prophet, but he knew about, more about God's graciousness than most New Testament saints. They don't think that God would forgive anyone. Oh, outside of here? Oh, God, forgive me and my household. Even forgive the people in the ark, but those out there that I don't like, that have a different political view than I do, that think different. I don't like them, God, and you're talking about go and tell them? No, I'm not going to do it. Let me break off some money. I'm going to other... I'm going to pay to be disobedient. Pay for a fare. Paid his fare and jumped on a ship and went in the other direction. This is God speaking to us and telling us that you need to learn how to come to me and be locked in with me and hear my voice. Can I say it again? He's still writing on your heart. He's writing your story, your intimate story of your relationship. How you sometimes tell him you're not worthy. How you hear the devil say you are not enough. And you believe it. You know, you can be preaching for 25 years. And I, I'll just say it. I'll tell off of myself. And I still hear the devil say you're not enough. And you know, it's not powerful until, unless I believe it. But what I'm trying to tell you, it still happens now. He doesn't give up. He still tells you that you are nothing. And then God is saying, but I'm singing over you. Zephaniah 3.17. I'm rejoicing over you. I am the Lord that's mighty to save. I am with you. You see, I know Jonah understood this, but he didn't want to let it flow to others. Most New Testament saints don't believe God loves them. And I'm so glad for the testimony because you were speaking to this, this very truth. That God is always prepared because he has foresight. He his foresight is really the things that he has prepared before you even started the journey. That God has prepared for every place you and encounter you may have. It's so easy to want to disqualify yourself. There's a lot of young married couples. You can say something that's hurtful to your spouse and it could be very hurtful or they can say something that's hurtful to you and you haven't learned how to bring it to God how to talk to the Lord in an intimate way because he's the only one that can protect your heart you can't protect your heart I don't care how hard or how skillful you think you are protecting yourself God is the only one that can protect this heart. He's the only one that can explain to you 
about who you are and what his plans are, even when you are on your way out of his presence in your mind, not realizing where can I go that you are not there. If I run to the ends of the earth, you're there. These are the things that God is telling us that his ways really are the past finding out. But if you come to him, and we usually come in a day of trouble. It was when Moses, where he was given the charge to lead a million people into the promised land. And they were on their way. And it was one place that they decided they were going back. And they made a gold calf. And they say, we don't care about what Moses say. We're going back. And it was then in Exodus 33 that Moses said, I know you know me, but I want to know you. I want to know you. I want you to, to reveal yourself because I'm in this place where I can't make head or tail of what's going on. And I don't know what to do. I know you know me, but I want to know you. Paul said the same thing, that I may know you in the power of your resurrection because I'm going through a lot of difficult places where I didn't expect to be beat, to be rejected. I want to know you in the power of your resurrection. And he says, in the fellowship of your son. Some way, somehow understand your death so that I can understand your resurrection. There are seasons of time, I'm going to wrap it up and speak prophetically, that sometimes we can be in the dark seasons. There are seasons for everything. God said there's a season and a time for everything. And we can be going through various seasons of our life. As I said, a young couple with children. This is the most challenging time. You have all of the responsibility of the house, and then you have all of these other responsibilities. And it, it can seem like it's overwhelming, but I need to tell you, it's just for a season. Just for a season. But we need to know how to come to God and let him restore us. Let him strengthen us. We go through many, many seasons. And it's in the night season when we get the most confused. When we wonder if God even sent us. If we wonder if we have anything worthwhile saying. When we're in the midst and we, we feel like we are failing here, everywhere. And you need to know that in the, when it seems like the sun is going down and it's getting dark, according to the scriptures, Genesis 1-5, it speaks of the evening and the morning being the first day. The Bible tells me that the new day starts in the darkness. The new day. Not in the morning when the sun is rising. It starts when you can't make sense of anything. When you, the enemy is saying you're not enough. When everything is upside down. It's the beginning of a fresh new season. And that's where you all are. You're in the midst of God getting ready to do something fresh.
and new. But you got to stay close to God. You got to understand that He is right here and that He wants to be the light in the darkness. The other thing is that in the beginning of the new day, God had already separated some things. He separated light from darkness. You know, we need to learn how to do that. Because when something of trouble comes into our life, we'll let it go all the way up on our job. Next thing you know is in the midst of our marriage, our children. We just let trouble just go everywhere. We never separate it and say, this for no more. We've got to learn. Don't allow something that God is allowing in your life that's to perfect you begin to cause you and your marriage to say things that you shouldn't say. If you read and meditate on Zechariah 3.17, it says, he quieting us in his love. Sometimes he needs to say, shh, shut up. <laughs> shh. Don't say nothing. I know it's, I know it's difficult, but, but be quiet. And that's hard to do because we want to complain to anyone who listens. We want to complain to God. We want to complain. But God is telling us that he is here for us in this season. And he is the God that's unsearchable. His ways are so far above. But he wants to invite us in. And he has placed his Holy Spirit in us. And his spirit is the one that's searching the deep things of God. And causing us to know that he's with us. You need to know that there's absolutely nothing you can do to separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. You need to know. I don't know if there's some Jonas that would try, but I can tell you before you lose all that effort, use all that effort, that you can run and run and run and you can't get beyond God's love. This is the story that he's writing on my heart. I, I thought it would be something and always in afraid that I could do something so bad to hurt God. And the closer you get to God, the more you think like that. But I'm telling you, you need to stop thinking. You should stop, number one, eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But if you're ordering your life with God according to that tree, you'll never, never have any peace. Because even the good that comes off that tree is being disobedient. If you're eating the good, I'm not talking about the eat, it's evil, it's the knowledge of good and evil. If you're eating the good and you're trying to order your life, interpret your life by a fruit of good that comes from the fruit, from the tree that he told you not to eat of, you're doing wrong. You gotta eat from the tree of life. This unsearchable God, he thinks different than you. He, he knows that no one can snatch you out of his hands. And, and, and you, quite frankly, he, he's tired of telling you that. <laughs> you are believers. You know, you're just telling him, oh God, I have sinned so bad. 
until I know that I have crossed the line. Wasting a valuable time. Because <laughs> do you know, and I, I really am going to close this time, it's when, <laughs> it's when I fell miserably like Peter, he says, when you are converted, when you come to your senses, strengthen someone else. When you, are, when you stop being afraid, and we'll forget it, the very thing that I thought would happen, that I feared would happen, happened to me. I said, oh, God. But to this day, I'm not afraid of that anymore because I walked through it. He didn't think like you. He didn't save us from the fiery furnace. He says, I will be with you. And you remember, the king said, did I not throw three, three guys in there? How come I see a fourth who looks like the son of God? In this is my comfort, that if they turn the furnace up seven times hotter than it's usually, if God is with me, I'm going to be walking around in the flames like they were. Yeah. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's stand to our feet. Praise the name of the Lord. He's a good God. Let deliverance happen in your heart right now in the name of Jesus. Let his heart infuse you with his desires. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we honor?